Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. And welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio. This is Pastor Keith Radke here with Pastor Steve Pearson, and we are continuing a conversation we began on our last episode about the church. We started last time answering the question, what is the church? And we talked about how the church is built by Jesus and how Jesus builds his church upon the truth of God's word and upon the grace that is available to us through his sacrifice on the cross for us. We also concluded with a few ideas on how to choose a good church, and uh, you can look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42 for that. But today, we're going to talk about a question that uh, is very practical for anyone who values uh, the local Christian church, and that is, how do we fit in to the church? We see that it is important. We see that it is built by Jesus. But how do we fit in? How do we know where we're supposed to fit in uh, to the body of Christ, to the church on a local level? So welcome again to Shouts of Grace, Pastor Steve. It is good to be together again. Good to see you, man. Love it. And to be talking about a very important topic for any follower of Jesus Christ. And anyone who's curious, too. You might have tuned into this broadcast, and and you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, but you're curious, and we hope that today's conversation will help you understand the value not only that Christians should place on the church, but ultimately the value that Jesus Christ himself places on the church. Uh, Pastor Steve, just to kind of refresh from our last conversation, what is the church exactly? What what makes a church? Yeah, the church is basically, you know, the word the word means to be called out. So it's it's basically a group of believers that are called out from the world and the world system and the world ideology and the world view of of um, of those that are in opposition to Christ. And you live for God while in that same world. And so, um, you know, we looked at John chapter fifteen and uh, how God calls, how Jesus calls those people out. Mm-hmm. Um, to 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 live the life that Christ lived while in the world. So that's essentially what the church is. It's 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 submitting to God while in the world and worshiping God. Yeah. So the word church itself actually means to be distinct, to be different uh, from from the religious system of of the world. I'm I'm reminded of First Peter chapter two, where Peter says, "As we come to Him." He's a living stone rejected by men, this is speaking of Jesus, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So as the church, we are being placed together, individual followers and believers in Jesus Christ, we are being placed together like a house. Uh, we often call the church building the house of the Lord, not necessarily because we believe that God uh, exclusively shows up in buildings uh, anymore the way that he did in the Old Testament, but we do believe that where the people of God gather together 
is the house of God because of the people of God. And and he says the people of God are being, uh, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house. So regardless of the building that we meet in and the location that we meet in, the true building, uh, the true house of God is us together as followers of Jesus Christ. And we're to be a holy priesthood. That means there are there is a, a sacred uh, work that we're called to, and part of that work is offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So kind of the first way to answer that question is, how do we fit in the church? Well, it's Jesus who fits us into the church. It's Jesus who's building us up individually, but then together he's making us this spiritual house, this holy priesthood, with the purpose of offering spiritual sacrifice, living a spiritually sacrificial life that is acceptable to God through Jesus. Amen. You know, you'd mentioned how how we're being built up, you know, and it really, the picture I think that Scripture gives is a picture of one body with with everyone playing its part. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 even says that to each person is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So all of us have been given um, you know, a, a a gift or gifts by God in order to make the body of Christ function. Um, in Ephesians uh, chapter four, it actually says in verse uh, sixteen, "From whom, speaking of the body of Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love." Um, and so, so, you know, God's word would indicate that, that there's a proper function for every person who is in the body of Christ. And, and when they're doing that, the body really, uh, is, is unified in purpose yes. and, and, and they're able to function the way God would have them to function. And I think it's important to say before we begin to get into kind of a breakdown of the different functions that we're called to is going back to first Peter chapter two, Peter says that we're we're being built up together as a spiritual house, as a holy priesthood. So when it comes to who has more access to God, okay, when it comes to any concept in in our human understanding of hierarchies, the reality is, is we're all called to the same holy priesthood. We're all called together to minister to the Lord. So as as we continue in today's conversation and we begin to um, delineate between different roles in the church um, and different giftings in the church, it's not to say that any one Christian has more of an edge over another, like anybody's been called to kind of a a higher or more sacred calling. We've all been placed into this holy priesthood. We're all on an equal playing field, but we do have differing gifts Differing calls, um, differing titles in that sense, um, all for the same purpose, as you just said, and that is to build up the body of Christ. That's right. In fact, in its, the book of Hebrews, um, God indicates there that um, every person is given gifts and, dis- and, and those gifts are distributed according to God's will. So, so, so God is the one who is, is, is gifting people for the purpose that he has called them. He is He's fashioned, you know, Psalm 139, he's fashioned every day of their life before they lived one. So he knows how they fit and he gifts them accordingly. And I think the challenge then with within the body of Christ is number one, to find where I'm gifted. Right. Um, and then number two, to, to, to stay in my lane, you know, to don't try and 
go beyond what God has given me to do because then it, it, it will lead to frustration and, you know, I'll throw my hands up and, 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 you know, and, and a lot of bad stuff comes from that. So, so, you know, in Ephesians chapter four, <clears throat> there's a, there, there's a section of scripture here um, that says the following um, in Ephesians chapter uh, four, verse seven, it says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens and he might that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some to be prophets and some evangelists and some shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the, of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Mm. And so, you know, again, that, that concept of, of th- these gifts are given un- until— until we attain to this to this unity of the faith, which which we would understand what would ultimately be when Christ perfects us, right? And right. and and there's a unity of the faith, and 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 we're mature, filled up in Christ, right? And so, what are these gifts? You know that that when He ascended, He gave to men, and He says that they're uh, number one: apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, or another word is pastors and teachers, and they are for a purpose, and that is to equip the saints, and so. When you look at those, um, you know, you want to be careful to not read more into them than what they are, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and and you certainly want to grab all that God has for you out of that. But um, when it says that he gave some to be apostles, right? Um, Now, the the word apostle means means to be sent, right? Um, It it can be confusing in, in, in some sense because we do know that there's 12 apostles, right? In fact, Revelation 21 would indicate that there's actually a special place in heaven that has the names of the 12 apostles. So so in one sense, when we say we're talking about apostles, there are only 12 original apostles. There there are no more, Um, you know, uh, but the reality is there would seem to be because when he ascended, he actually gave gifts and, and there's an apostolic gift. And so, you know, talk about, Keith, what you think. Um, what you understand the apostolic gift to, to be, because I think it's very applicable to a lot of people, and they may not even realize that they have it. Yeah, and I, I think we see it demonstrated a lot in the life of Paul. Paul would say that he was an apostle by the will of God, or an apostle um, by the will of Jesus Christ. He understood that what he was doing was a bit more of of a pioneering type of a work. Um, in In the same way, that Jesus gave the 12 apostles. Of course, Judas was the 12th who betrayed, and then he was replaced. There's a lot of debate about whether the replaced one is the 12th or Paul is the 12th one. Paul never gets into that debate, so we're going to try to stay away from that ourselves. Um, But what Paul did in his life, Paul took the gospel to places that it had never been before. Paul took um, leaders to places to plant churches where churches had not been planted before. Paul was a man of, of great vision. Um, he was a man who was he was willing to in in a in a good way. He was willing to be a holy instigator to instigate a, a movement for the sake of the kingdom in places where it was still needed. 
and and I think that is probably a good way uh, to describe the, the function of of an apostle. Um, an apostle would also have a, a sense of of um, direction on doctrine. You know, you see, um, you know, even even in uh, Acts chapter two verse forty two that we're to continue in the apostles' doctrine. You know that that these guys were given by Jesus. You know, essential Christian doctrine, um, where where the Old Testament came together in in, in doctrine that we believe to be um, you know uh, essential for Christianity and something that's continued to this day. Um, so, so the apostle is initiating. The apostle is not just initiating, but then he is also touching base with works that he has been a catalyst for starting. So Paul would visit those churches again. He would encourage those leaders again. Um, he would go back to places where he had given the gospel, and he would see what more needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And and in his particular case, he didn't stay in any one place for too long. Yeah. Um, and, and that was a bit unique to Paul. It was also kind of unique to the time. Um, but I think there's a lot of people these days, I, I would say like a church planter, yeah. Uh, would would function in an apostolic way. Um, I think you and I both have had different Christian men in our life who've been, you know, a, a apostolic in, in us, kind of motivating, pushing, instigating us in a certain direction in, in a good, yeah. healthy way. Um, so you see you see the apostles' function is, is it's almost like a holy entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airways with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. In Romans chapter 15, verse 20, uh, Paul said, And I make it my ambition to preach the gospel not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, he says, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. And of course, he, he quotes Isaiah 52 verse 15 there. And, and I think you're right on that. I think there's a, you know, <clears throat> a lot of people misunderstand, you know, that verse as if to say, well, you know, you, you don't build on another man's foundation in that, you know, you, 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 when you, if you were to go in a, in a church planting context, if you were to go plant a church, you know, you, you don't, uh, you don't build, you know, right next to somebody else. And yeah, that, that, that's true. But, but the context of that would be, listen, Christ's personal ambition was, I want to go where nobody's been. I want to reach the lost. And so I would agree with you on that. And, and, and I would add this too, you know, um, I think an apostle or the gifting of an apostle also entails vision. You know, yes. it, it really is a visionary who 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 understands that, you know, gosh, I, I want to reach those places. And, and they God just gifts them with the vision to just reach them. They they may not know how to carry it out completely, mm-hmm. but but God puts, you know, different people in their life in order to kind of supplement those handicaps to actually implementing what their vision is, you know. And so so I think that's important. An apostle is not necessarily or the gifting of an apostle is not necessarily one man who can do everything. I think there's a there's there's a misunderstanding in yeah. that. It's not you know, it's understanding this is a gift and a call that I have. I'm I'm there's almost I guess Keith there's a way of saying it there's almost an uneasiness 
about where they're at. In other words, they can never stop and smell the roses. They're always thinking ahead and they're always, right. you know, they're, they're living in the now and thinking in the future type right, of thing, right. you know? And, and, and I think, I think that can be, can be dangerous, but it also can be very healthy as it's always keeping the, the freshness of, of the movement of the kingdom of God on the forefront of the, of, of their mind. Right. And then you see the partnership that Jesus puts into place purposefully. You have apostles and you have prophets and those are going to be those who are proclaiming the word of God. They are um, th- their purpose is to communicate simple, clear, authoritative uh, messages from God in a, in a doctrinal sense. Um, you know, we read some of those guys now. We 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 listen and watch some of those guys now. Where when they speak about about God's truth, you know, we stop and listen and we take note. That's right. And and you see that prophetic gift. Uh, being exercised in those kind of people, they're the ones that give more depth to, I think, the work that the apostle is doing. Um, and the prophet, you know, the, the person with a prophetic gift is is functioning to 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 speak to more depth. You know, the gospel is 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 our simple message, but the depth of doctrine is going to come from 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 the prophet and and the definitive truth. And then you have the evangelist. You know, the evangelist is that messenger type that's just, man, I am just all about telling everybody about Jesus. You know, in our modern context, we see um, Pastor Greg Laurie, we see uh, Billy Graham and his, son, his grandson Will Graham, and, and even Franklin Graham to an extent. They're communicators of the gospel, very clear message and, and those kind of things. So you begin to see, when you talk about an apostle kind of thinking down the road and, and being a little bit a little bit unanchored, you know, they're kind of like constantly moving and maybe maybe literally moving from place to place, you know, you, you start to see some of how these other roles begin to kind of fit in to provide some some balance. Yeah. And and I would say too, you know, some of those some of those giftings, like I look at the gift of evangelism, you know, the way I've kind of always understood it, like, you know, you've got the Greg Lords, you might have listeners that say, Oh yeah, well you got the Greg Lords and the Billy Grahams, you know, and the who in the world could could do that. And you know, the gift of evangelism is a practical bottom shelf gift too, Keith. It's just this sure. power that you got that when you go and you open your mouth, it's it's a gift where the Holy Spirit fills fills your 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 words and people just hear and they're mm-hmm. impacted by the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's some people that are responsible with street preaching that have that, and there's other people like we have a couple people at our church that man, they just they they just want to go out and witness on the street. That's right. You know, and it's just like I that ain't that's not my gift. If if you start a conversation, I could I could get in on that, but I'm just not one that's really good at and these guys just go and open their mouth and it's like before you know it, bam, they're 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 sharing the gospel. And so right. those are these I, I want also to I, I want to also point out that these gifts are, are really practical right. for for the common, you know, for for the common person. It's not just for the those that are the, those that are up in the up in the upper echelons, if you will, of right. of, of church leadership. Um but then what about what about pastor teacher? Because you know we we recently made a made a little bit of a change at Redemption Hill, or an addition, I should say, and and we recognized your um, your, your giftings as as you know um, both an apostolic gifting and visionary gifting, um, as well as a pastor teacher. And so, explain that that part. What what is that? Well, what you see is is a well balanced approach to equipping and building the body of Christ. The well, these other roles—the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist—they tend to be more dynamic in the sense: is it is the apostle here and then he's gone? Is the evangelist here and he's gone? Is the prophet here and he's gone? Where the pastor-teacher function um, is more of a 
I, I'm going to put some roots down, and I'm going to begin to minister to God's people, and I'm going to do it on a, on a soul care level. And people have needs, people have emotional needs, they have spiritual needs that require sensitivity, that requires patience, um, that requires some spiritual discernment. The role of the pastor is to walk with people through those things, through those seasons of life. And then the, the function of teaching is to take the depth of, of prophetic proclamation, um, to take kind of the, the, the big kind of broad vision of, uh, of an apostle, to take um, that just direct you know, cutting to the heart message of of the evangelist, and to bring all of that to a to a practical application level, mm. like like people as as Jesus told Peter, uh, my sheep needed to be need to be tended and they need to be fed, mm. and and I, I, that's where I see the 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 shepherd pastor teacher role in the local church is is they understand their job is a bit more of a long term putting down roots and living among. The people of God, as someone whose task, whose responsibility, whose calling, is to serve people on 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 that spiritual and practical uh, life level, and then everybody working together, they're, we're equipping the saints, and the saints will step into these roles. Um, you know, probably a topic for another time. You see, in, you see the eldership, a group of pastors leading churches in the Bible. But going back to what you mentioned earlier, Pastor Steve, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it is the role, I believe, of a pastor-teacher, a shepherd-teacher, to also walk believers through discovering their giftings. And and that may mean identifying that somebody is gifted in apostolic pastoral ministry or uh, prophetic or evangelistic type of ministry. Um, it also means that there are people who have been given gifts of faith, according to First uh, Corinthians twelve, or um, you know, gifts of wisdom, or knowledge, or working of miracles, or prophecy, or distinguishing between spirits, and and and, the, and it goes on there, because every person is 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 made and called by God to play a part, because the whole body of Christ needs to be built up, the whole body of Christ needs to grow together, and I see the pastor teacher as being a catalyst for that happening in the life of believers. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think one of the things that we've really kind of been intentional about at, at Redemption Hill is we don't want to be, we want to provide a vision. We want to mm-hmm. provide an umbrella, but we also want people to discover their gifts. That's and as right. you had mentioned, kind of helping them discover their gifts. And, and, and then once they discover their gifts, helping them really perfect those gifts. Because here's mm-hmm. the thing, I think you would agree with this, Keith. When you have a gift, that gift um, is perfected by use. That's the right. more you use it and you exercise. And I think one of the things that happens a lot of times is, is within the context of a church or church vision, the leaders like to do the very opposite of what Peter said in First Peter 5, domineer over people and provide the vision and the exercise and the application of that vision, but not necessarily encourage the people right. to implement what God has has shown them. And I, and I don't think people grow in that type of structure. And so we really believe that, hey, you know, as God has gifted people, that it's our job to help them find out where their place is in, right. in the body of Christ. And and that's just exhilarating when you get that really type is. of a that type of an environment. I mean, I get to hear from God and I get to actually yeah. like do 
what God's saying. And, and yeah, and so it's a, it's a great, it's, it's a great experience. Yeah. So. And I just encourage people as we close up today's program is that regardless of the, of the individual calling and gifts that God gives to you, we've all been called to make disciples on every level. And a disciple is a student, a learner, a follower of Jesus. And so begin there. Begin by walking people through getting to know Jesus, and in that process of making disciples, I believe God will show each one of us what our unique gifting and and calling is to serve Him. Amen. Amen. Well, that's all we have time. We've been talking about the church. Next time, we're going to talk about the symptoms of an unhealthy church. We hope you'll join us next time on Shouts of Grace Radio. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. That's ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.